Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Stuart Scanlon. And I'm Mark Donovan. And this is the Bad Screenplays Podcast. Me and Mark used to write comedy screenplays and TV shows. Unfortunately, we didn't get anywhere. So we decided to pick through and review other people's efforts to see where we went wrong and have a laugh along the way. Yep, in each episode I'll send Mark a script, he sends one to me and we read them out totally unseen. Send your screenplays to us at badscreenplayspodcast at gmail.com Hello. How are you doing mate, you okay? Good, good. Um, the same week as I had the week before and the week before that. But <laughs> nothing to report, but good. Yeah, not bad. Everyone's well. Excellent. That's good to hear. That's good to you. hear. I've been working in the workshop a lot, but then last week I was on location, which was quite fun. So uh, How's I, it I going? enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. It's nice just to get out and about. Obviously, all safe and distance and all the rest of it, and everyone's tested to death. Yeah. But um, it's just nice driving to different stately homes and different ancient buildings, like when you're working on a period thing. It's good. Of it's course, good. yeah. You must uh, you must get to travel around a bit and see some behind the scenes of these stately homes. Yeah. It's what nice. do you What do you think about those homes? Though, do you ever come across like the owners or or the local characters? Uh, the people who look after them are the absolute worst people on the planet. <laughs> It's like they must have an interview process and they go, okay, we need to pick the most the most cantankerous, least helpful person imaginable. Yeah. And they interview all them and they whittle it down to the least helpful person ever. <laughs> and they go, perfect, you got the job. <laughs> you got welcome aboard. And then as soon as <laughs> anyone wants to do anything in these old buildings, this person pops up and makes life an absolute misery for everyone. So I was doing, <laughs> a, sh- I was doing a show, you know, I don't think I've mentioned it either, but I work in... Um, I work in TV as well. I, I um, <laughs> I did a job once in this. Uh, it was a big stately home. It's called mm. Powers Court in wow. uh, just north. I know, right? Great name, Powers Court. Just north. Was that, of- was that on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> 
Some astral plane. <laughs> I know, yeah. Physically it was on Earth. <laughs> no, but um, it's called Powers Court and it, it was and still is um, just outside of Dublin. I think just north of Dublin, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So we're doing a big special TV show there, big live show thing. Mm. And uh, I'm there for a few days beforehand setting up. And like you say, I'm setting up running fiber cables and... Yeah, connecting, you know, light power and all, getting everything sort of hooked up. And there was this old, old boy kicking around who just kept like he, he was wearing this the tattiest old knitted fisherman's jumper that was just falling apart. Right, yeah. guy's got some, you know, some beard on him like David Letterman looks now. Yeah. And um and he's and he's and you can smell him before you see him. Like this guy is um he's a character. Wow. Um and he's just he was like, Oh, I'll help you, I'll help you, I'll help and everyone's looking at each other like, Who the hell is this guy? Turned out it was John Slazinger, owner mm. of Powers Court and <laughs> of the Slazinger golf brand. What? You're a mess. <laughs> I'm not, no, no. Oh my it was, god. It was his house. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's mental isn't it crazy well like that just, old guy and someone was just like uh, that's john he kind of owns the place like what he's like so rich i'm i'm also I think he's dead at, now oh is he yeah um, I'm, I'm also laughing at the fact that there's a man called john slazenger lives in power court <laughs> it's powers court yeah powers court that's like yeah. the most 80s like Right, friggin' Miami Vice cocaine TV program, John Slesinger <laughs> from Powers Court. That's crazy. Th- th- I had a similar experience, or someone told me a story. I've been working at a place called Arley Hall, which is used for lots and lots of things. Like it's um, used for so many period things. Yeah. Um, but unlike a lot of these places, the people who own it live in the hall themselves. Oh wow! So there's okay. loads of loads of dresses and like loads of like. Like a couple of construction people and loads of like um, crew and that running cables and moving furniture and yes. people are just like ambling around the house like making a cup no. of tea. And, it's, it's and the place is humongous and they've got a gift shop and everything. You know, it's like a, the real deal. <laughs> it's not just like um, they live in a, 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 a an apartment contained at the back of the. They live in the big. No. House. No, so is <laughs> the, the main bedroom. Lord Ali was like w- walking around the place, and similar to yourself, you know, like threadbare clothes. I don't know what it is with these people who own these places. It's clothes with with threadbare. I, yeah. I saw them, but someone was saying a story, telling me a story about how they were filming something um, at like eight o'clock at night on like the front like driveway, which wow. is massive. This massive gravel driveway with like yeah. um, amazing like you know like um, views and stuff. And he'd forgot that he'd given the go-ahead or his representative had given the go-ahead and he just signed the paperwork and he wanted to get himself an early night with a glass of whiskey and there's like big lights outside his bedroom. He's like, who's this? Opened the bedroom window and was like, everybody clear off. What are you doing here? Proper started booting off. Yeah, you know that uh, 80 grand we gave you for today? Exactly. (laughs) Right. Do you know what the maddest thing is, though? They sell merchandise for the TV programmes, film there in their own gift shop. And like, no, really? But I mean, he's just an elderly guy who's, I mean, someone looks after his estate and tells him that the checks are coming and he he just goes about his business. You know, I don't think he has any any to do with it, but it's (laughs) it's just funny that he lives there. It's mad, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. It's hilarious, like, but um, so yeah, it's true. Got a couple of got a couple of um, belters to um, 
tonight. I've, I've read that read the, the title of your one looks very, very cryptic and interesting. <sighs> I know but, it's you don't know it gives nothing away. It's just one word. But um, I'm pretty happy with uh, pretty happy with my choice this week. And you told me just before we started, you're happy with yours as well. Indeed. Yes. And I'm just going to open it. And it's called Voice Assisted Homicide. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that's not a working title. That's um, that's what we what were they what they're going to go with. Finished, done, sent off. First draft productions. <laughs> <laughs> Voice assisted homicide. So, without further ado, fade in. Internal hallway morning. A doorbell rings the Darth Vader theme from Star Wars. Ah, Star Wars. <laughs> My favourite. <laughs> you must know that theme, though, having not seen Star Wars, you madman. Yeah, it's that, um, the guy, the guy who's, uh, he's got a tinfoil pal and a pedal bin. <laughs> <laughs> They're all made of Lego. They're all made of Lego. Like Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Malcolm right. Tucker. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> I know the theme. Um... <laughs> The sound of feet compounding downstairs. Franny Jones, 26, slightly overweight, long-haired geek, dressed in shorts and a T-shirt, with Emperor Palpatine splashed across it. What's that? Uh, Emperor Palpatine was a Sith Lord who trained Darth Vader. <laughs> okay, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that T-shirt on, Franny comes charging to the door. Excitedly, he opens the door to reveal a delivery man, 50s, who hands Franny a package. Franny, hurriedly, thank you, thank you, thank you, slams the door. Franny runs back upstairs to his bedroom. There are science fiction posters adorning the walls. Games, consoles and computers spread across the room. Is this sounding familiar to you? Hey. hey, do you know what I wish? Yeah, right. I know, right. <laughs> I know. Okay, now it probably was once upon a time, like, but not now. Yeah, Lego dinosaurs stuck in my foot this morning. Oh man! Oh no! He lands in a gaming chair, a gaming chair, and picks up a headset <laughs> with like, oh my god, like speakers and like moves and rocks back and forth and stuff. Man, those I know, <laughs> I know. Those Have things, you seen man. that one with the three screens on? And the guy's sitting in the gaming chair and the whole thing is off the ground, like tilting, you know, like those simulators you used to go in. Like some gyroscopic freaking like scaffolding around the (laughs) city. There's a kid kid in there just playing um, like um, some racing game, um, just like it's nothing. Just staring at the screens while he's being flung left and right. It's amazing. Yeah, It's insane. Oh, I've seen that one where... um, there was, there was like, let's say, the proper early days of online gaming. I think they're playing Counter-Strike and that guy's gaffer taped to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Seen that picture, it's proper famous. No. Ah, oh, to send you it. He's gaffer taped, hanging off the ceiling, just like in like a cocoon. Um, no, like, like a paraglider. He looks like he's paragliding, just so he can um, get permanent access to his, his, his uh, keyboard. It's dead famous. I'll, uh, I'll post it? it on Twitter as well. Yeah, post it. I want to see that. Sorry, guys, Franny says as he puts back on his headset. The delivery guy came. Guess what? It's here. (laughs) (laughs) It's here. A cacophony of voices are heard through the headset. 
One voice in particular is the loudest. Bite my bullet 69. <laughs> Age unknown. Bite my bullet. Oh, they're screen names, uh, man. I know. Oh my, oh, my God. I just, I haven't had the imagination to come up with a good one. <laughs> I, I had a little look online. Um, I saw, I saw one, that was Panty Christ 101, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but they're all just like kids like like I remember when I was like playing the last game I played online was Overwatch and it was always like big fat daddy sack 06 and stuff like you know because <laughs> that's when he was born this 14 year old that's owning yeah him. right 06 oh god yeah. and like loves two spirits 77 <laughs> 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 uh, well maybe bite my bullet 69 was born in 1969 so that's why we've been getting our asses kicked. You've been getting your next delivery of retro porn mags. Hmm. No, dumbass, said Franny. The glasses. They're finally here. The glasses from Grape. You have Grape glass. Grape glasses. No idea. It must be some tech na- made up tech name. Oh, glasses, not like tumblers. They're Oh Reading yeah, no, they're, they're like spectacles from gra- oh grape, grape oh grape like apple. I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, grape <laughs> apple glasses. The glasses from grape. You've got grape glasses, genuine two thousand dollar grape glasses. I've waited three months for these things of absolute beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Bite my bullet. Can't believe you blew 2,000 bucks on a pair of specs, man. Are they nice? Franny, I don't know yet. I'm going to do an unboxing video. <laughs> you can watch it later when I upload it. Got to go. Bye. Unboxing. I unboxing mean, videos. Oh, God. The fact that that's such a popular thing that people watching people do, it just it makes me feel like an... Like a, a dinosaur, it really does. I take pleasure in unboxing things I buy and then, sh- like, ripping the the cardboard off and chucking yeah. it straight out. Uh, you know, I hate anyone who buys something with a little screen that still has that plastic over it. And they leave it on. Straight, and they leave it on. Uh, and then it, it goes all, like, it, it tracks all, like, hairs and shit. Yep. Uh probably doesn't mean anything that really winds me up. I know, I've seen it happen at work. There's, like desk phones and things with like the screen and they come with that plastic straight on yeah. zip i guess Gone. i take great pleasure in <sighs> i heard um charlie brooker on a, on a i can't remember what podcast it was talking about how his kids only watch this other famous someone who's, who's, who's listening to this might know the name of this person it's a young kid who's like 10 or something he's dead rich and his mm. parents just buy him things <laughs> and he films himself unboxing them and that's it and he gets like oh 20 God. million hits a fucking day or something stupid you serious? like that and that's all that Charlie Brooker's kids watch and he goes on some absolute tirade of go this little fucking cunt <laughs> opening <laughs> fucking presents because he's little rich shit <laughs> it's, it's that funny he probably just chucks them away afterwards. I know. And unboxes a PS5 and then throws it out. He gets his like his, his wealthy parents buy him stuff, and then he gets his YouTube checks coming through weekly, and you're like, oh, that's just wrong. Life is not fair. Yep. Um. Well, Franny ditches the headset, closes his console, and moves to another desk with a GoPro camera and a couple of laptops. 
He carefully sets up his miniature studio so that his new toy can be safely unboxed. POV of the GoPro, looking down. All we see is the box and Franny's hat. Oh, I like that. They've cut to uh, the actual video within the video. Oh, nice. Nice touch. Um, Franny, off screen. Uh, Today I took delivery of Grip's flagship new product, the Grip Glasses. It's not asked. Uh, <laughs> announced over a year ago, um, they promised to revolutionize the way we use technology in our everyday lives. But no more total reliance on bulky phones in our pockets. These promise the same functionality as with the Great Watch, but with the ability to use eye movements instead of your fingers to operate each app. So, here for you, loyal and dear viewers is the very first unboxing of the next evolution in technological advancement. Here goes. Those those videos always start with like, okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and open the box here. Oh, my God. I'm you just got your go power ahead. cord. You got your... Okay, you got, you've got your warranty. I'm just going to go ahead and... <laughs> it's like the 30 seconds of every... like of useful information in any YouTube video I've ever watched is sandwiched between 10 minutes of auto waffle. <laughs> yeah. Just nothing. I remember watching him. It, <laughs> it, made, it made me laugh. I, I, did you ever play the Fallout games? No. Any of them? Uh, they, they, have, well, they were very good. Um, I think I was playing Fallout New Vegas, I think it was. Mm. And uh, I wanted like the whatever the best power armor on the game was because I'd done most of the things. and thought, okay, I need to get this dead good armor because I was just trying to be a bit completionist and all that. Nice. So I thought I'll watch a video and find out how to get it. <laughs> and this video was about 25 minutes long and it was just excruciating. Oh, but the way the guy would, would speak was that funny. So like one of the main baddies that's quite tough on the game with these things called death claws, right? Yeah. And so this armor is like in this hard to locate bit of landscape where all of these death claws are. But the way the guy said it, it was like, so you can go ahead and complete the game on difficulty setting and get your uh, <laughs> remnants power armor. Or you can go down to the uh, the such and such <laughs> ravine where it's just littered with death claws, but I do not anticipate success. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. I do not <laughs> anticipate success. It was just every line uh, ended like that with that similar sort of delivery. And I was a bit I like, just get to the way when I want to I see what it. I want to go. Yeah, I think anyone who, as well, any YouTuber should wear a special collar that if they say guys, it <laughs> jolts 10,000 volts through their neck. Yeah. So hacky. Hey, guys. Guys, or you're just going to want it, or I'm going to yeah. go ahead. You're going to want yeah, Exactly. Uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Franny takes a small scalpel and carefully slices along the cellophane on the box. Discarding the cellophane, he lets the lower box slide from the lid with a satisfying pop. <laughs> Don't you just love that sound? <laughs> Picking up the literature that comes with it, he holds each piece of paper up to the GoPro. I imagine while he's doing it, he can just hear <laughs> just off camera. His voice like heavy breathing. <laughs> you got your you got your instruction manuals, your guarantees, your warranties, your do's and don'ts, etc., etc., etc. All I'm looking for. Really is a quick start guide. <laughs> okay, I found it. I should do unboxing videos. <laughs> he holds it close to the camera. Okay, <laughs> now for the reveal. 
He pulls back the cover inside the box to show the GoPro a pair of spectacles. Removing them from the box, he holds them close to the GoPro and begins his description. Okay, here they are. Black carbon fiber, sensors on the outside of the frame, facing front, blended in so you can't see them without really looking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's not asked. Microphones integrated (laughs) into the bottom of the glass frame so you can make your phone calls and use grapes. Go Glenda. Voice activation. Oh, that must be their Siri. Mm. And with the patented earpieces used as part of the stalk, which actually reverberates against the skull behind your ear so you can hear music and phone calls. This is a pretty nifty piece of kit. Wait a minute, I'll just try them on real quick. (laughs) Franny adjusts the GoPro towards his face, which is now in shot. He carefully places the glasses on his face. Have you ever seen people unboxing and wearing Google Glass in like 2015 when it was first released? Uh, no, but I, I only saw one friend on Facebook who lives in the States who he must have bought a pair. <laughs> so that yeah, he's just like in the office, like with this with the with the Google glasses on, and I was like, uh, so either he's ugly. ahead of the curve, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. we're all going to be doing that, and it just no, never took off. It just didn't just, happen because <laughs> they're ugly. They're going on eBay now for about like three three four hundred pound or something. Which I imagine when they were released, the prototype versions, they would quadruple that. Yeah, right. But there's this video video of this guy walking down the street. And he looks dead confident and he's got his little sort of turned up, you know, like twizzly moustache yeah. and um, like a bit of a flat cap. Of course he and does. And he's just walking down the street with a bit of a swagger, just flicking his, his Google Glass as he's walking, just like gesticulating, this is how it's going to work. And it's not, it's not fully integrated yet, but it's going to be this. And, and he's so confident that he's there unboxing this thing that's just obsolete. It's like the, the Game Boy Power Glove. Now it just like just looks <laughs> horrendous, you know? It's just like, yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. The only good thing that would happen in that video is if the guy staring into the glasses just walked out into the road. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) The frames are pre-molded, so there's no adjustment required. They come complete with a wireless charging stand. They connect to your phone through Bluetooth and a Wi-Fi and cellular compatible. But not all carriers are compliant, okay? So check this before you buy. But as Wi-Fi is just about everywhere these days, you know, this shouldn't deter you. Anyway, I'm away to set these up and I'll be back in a few days with my initial review. Yep. Thanks for watching and as always, game until your thumbs bleed. That's <laughs> 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 uh, his tagline. The GoPro goes dark. Suddenly a door slams and we're back in the room with Franny sitting with his glasses on. A man's voice is heard. Harry Jones, 56, Franny's father, calls up to him. Harry, I know this may sound like a stupid question, but can you get down here and help me with these groceries? Uh, can you wait a minute? I'm setting up my new glasses. What? Setting up? What? Get your fat ass down here now. (laughs) Fucking hell. Franny, clearly disgruntled, removes the glasses, placing them on the wireless charger and walks out of the room, mumbling and cursing. Internal Franny's room, night. Franny sits in his dimly lit room with his glasses on, 
totally focused. His eyes move in small motions, then focus on something unseen. POV of Franny looking through the glasses. Apps can be seen. Familiar, but small. Franny whispering, This is so cool. Let's see how quick getting online is. Go, Glenda. An electronic representation of a female voice is heard. Glenda, how can I help? Open Fuchsius. Fuchsius? Not Fuchsius? Is that like Google or something? Maybe. Fuchsius. Open Fuchsius. Opening Fuchsius. Happy searching. Yeah, it must be. A pale white face suddenly explodes momentarily from the glasses. Jumping with fright, Franny pulls the glasses from his face. What the fuck was that? Looking around his room, he sees nothing. So he places the glasses back on his face. Go, Glenda. How can I help? <laughs> uh, open Fuchsius. Opening Fuchsius. Happy searching. POV of Franny looking through the glasses. A skeletal face appears this time with a scream. Franny jumps up scared and throws the glasses from his face. Ghosts in the fucking machine. Spooks <laughs> in my specs. <laughs> Say so, that to Scooby-Doo. I know. Hey, shag. <laughs> uh, hesitantly, he picks the glasses up from the floor and starts again. Uh, go, Glenda. Hi, how can I help you? Open Fuchsius. Opening Fuchsius. Happy searching. POV of Franny looking through the glasses. This time an evil clown face bursts onto the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Franny reacts but doesn't take the glasses off. He continues to stare. The rule of threes in it in movies and TV shows. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Multiple images come towards him each one more horrifying than the last. Scenes of torture, mutilation, murder. He wasn't, he wasn't, ex- wasn't anticipating this, Franny, was he? <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few bugs. Glenda is now heard speaking, but softly, more human. Franny, this is the real world. To survive, you must be strong, says Glenda. The images continue in ferocity and, and atrocity. (laughs) Glenda, your father doesn't love you. He calls you a fat ass. He thinks you're dumb because you sit all day playing games, making videos. He's disappointed you haven't got a girlfriend. You should kill him. (laughs) 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 Oh, Glenda. Franny continues to stare through the glasses, mesmerised. What would you do if that happened? I mean, I, do you know what? I genuinely don't know. I, I think it was like one of them videos where it's all quiet and then a, a big snake jumps out and you go, ha-ha, dead funny. And then you right. just discard the video and move on to something else. Like, Yeah. Mm. I, I remember watching it, um, a proper cringe that... Kind of give up on a lot of like superhero films a little while ago. Um, yeah. but I'll still watch some of them now and then, you know, depending on which ones. But there was like an um, X Men film called X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And um, I was actually quite into like the X Men cartoons and you know stuff like that when I was a kid. And um, I think Oscar Isaac played like 
the aforementioned apocalypse. So I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? Mm. It was fucking horrific. And there's a scene where, like, he, I, I, th- I can't <laughs> remember how he comes to Earth or whether he's summoned or he's an alien. I can't even remember. <laughs> and he, he learns about human atrocity and then decides he wants to wipe out humanity, one of them things. And the way he does it, puts his hand on a telly, a TV set, <laughs> and all the images flicker through it. And that's how he learns about humanity. <laughs> and someone says to him, like, what are you doing? And he goes, learning. <laughs> and I come up with that thinking, that's fucking shit. <laughs> like... That's like something we'd read out here, but someone's been paid loads uh, of money for that, that screenplay. And I was like, this is really, really bad. That happened in um, that happened in The Fifth Element when Lilu, remember? When she was like oh, le- yeah, learning yeah. about it and it's, it just climaxes with like, there's like the Vietnam War and then, you know, it's like the bomb in Nagasaki, Hiroshima. It's like, boosh, and she just starts crying. Like, <laughs> humans are so evil. Like, she's just learning all this for the first time. It's such a like overdone trope, isn't it? I get, I get sick when you watch films and you can sense a trope coming and then it just delivers exactly that and you go, it just makes you feel a bit exhausted, doesn't it? Like, oh. Yeah, multi-pass. <laughs> multi-pass. I do actually really love that film, though. I do, too. It's great. You know who did all the costumes in that? It was... Um, uh, Luc Besson, wasn't it? Luc Besson was the director, which... Uh, Yeah, no. Is he a bad man? It, mm, I, I didn't know. I don't know about Luke Besson. Oh, shit. Is he a bad one? Yeah, look at... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even <laughs> Zack Snyder, who done the X-Men films, he's a bad person as well, isn't he? He's the worst. Luke Besson's not a... I, look, I, I'm not going to say anything one way or the other. I've just read that... Oh, man. Yeah, but no, it was... Um, I think it was like Jean-Paul Gaultier who did all the costumes it was, in that, yeah, in that you're movie. Yeah, absolutely like, right. Yeah. That's why, you know, Fluster and Paradise. He's got like that. <laughs> Chris uh, Tucker, isn't it? He's got he's, that hair, hair tube and coming off of he's it. He's amazing like. in that, isn't he? He's it's basically great. just Prince, isn't he? Just Prince. <laughs> he's got so a microphone good. on the little stick, like Steve Tyler from Aerosmith. Yeah, and there's like, it's got like him. Um, yeah. Well, like, like record scratching, like as he's doing the, like, <laughs> yeah. the his radio show. It's so good. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Amazing. Uh, right. Um, Okay, the glasses. Glenda, kill him. He doesn't respect your life. He wants you to be like him. Kill him. (laughs) Franny stands and looks around his room. He picks up a large Darth Maul metallic statue and walks downstairs. (laughs) I don't think he needed that much convincing. (laughs) No, he didn't, did he? Okay. Harry's watching TV when he senses Franny approaching. Harry turns to face him. Ah, are those the glasses you paid $2,000 for? You should have got them in large. Yeah, he can die. <laughs> Franny lifts the statue above his head and smashes it into Harry's face. Fuck it out. Darth Maul. The impact caves in Harry's face, sending blood splattering all over the room. Repeated hits to the head finally kill Harry. Do you know who... You've watched that one film with Darth Maul, and that's the one Star Wars film you've seen, isn't it? He's got a red face, hasn't he? He's got a red face. That's the fella, I remember. Do you know who does the voice for him? Peter Serafinovich. No way! Yeah, for real. That's awesome. Mm. He's got an amazing anecdote about um, going to the Phantom Menace premiere 
And it was around everyone was like, oh, Star Wars is coming back and, you know, it's going to be amazing and blah, blah, blah. And it's this dead long story. I think it's on the Richard Herring podcast. And um, it, it talks about how um, he had to pay to go to the premiere himself. No. <laughs> and it's this big build up and he spent all of his savings and he took his, his, his uh, brother and his brother-in-law and maybe his sister or something like that. And he got there and he watched the film and he was like... And it's just really fucking boring. We <laughs> 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 so got, got there. Star Wars is back. It's going to be amazing. He was like, yeah, it's just sh- it was shit. <laughs> oh, no. The worst one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, what is he? What is he um, he's Michael's other friend, Tex. A text. Text. Oh, Tex. <laughs> Likes American things. <laughs> uh sorry i really wanted to see america's strongest man (laughs) uh complete that sentence um okay so heads have been bashed in uh franny just stands there staring well done franny glenda loves you do you love glenda franny yes I think you and I are going to have lots of fun together, Franny. Now, go back upstairs and invite your friends over. They've been calling you names behind your back, and it's time we had a little word with them. Franny goes back upstairs, replaces the Darth Maul statue, and lifts up a Captain Kirk metallic statue. Franny, go Glenda. Electronic Glenda answers. Hi, how can I help you? Call Billy. Calling Billy. A ringing is heard. Fade out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's picked up a Captain Kirk statue and a Darth Maul statue. He's definitely got weapons, this guy. He's definitely got swords and lightsabers. Is it? Does it mean something, though? Mm. Is there some geekery I don't understand? Is, there, is it relevant that one was Darth Maul and one was Captain Kirk? I... Surely not, I don't know. God, if you don't know, then that's okay. <laughs> We're completely <laughs> fucked if I can't re- like, yeah. decipher this. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a statue. I, I, I would have thought it would be like one of them would be like a sword from Game of Thrones and another one would be like a lightsaber. Anyway, you know, that's fine. Oh, man, there's a house near mine and on the, <laughs> the it has these big gates, unusual mm. to any other house around here. It's got big gates and they put a, a big, heavy chain round the gates yeah and if you look over there's a bug it's like a bug out vehicle <laughs> like yeah. they're expecting zombies at some point oh, this house and you can see through one of the windows at the top and it's got like like you know um the mountain's sword like hang off like on the wall and like a cutler <laughs> yeah they, they, they've got all sorts of weapons in this house <laughs> That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> you're right. I think Franny might have a couple um, uh, oh repli- replicas as well. <laughs> when you go and feel like you're in your lockdown walk. No, sorry, kids. I'm not going that way. You're going around yeah, this way. Yeah, yeah. No, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bloody hell, man. Franny's Two thousand bucks.
So Stu has sent me a script, um, as I mentioned before, with a slightly cryptic name, Tamakwa, Tamaka. Ta- yeah, Tama- uh, Tamakwa. I, I, that's probably just me. Like, Tamakwa. It, so. Here we yeah. go. Fade in. External, hidden lake, day. A summer morning, deep woods. Stale, heavy air, an eerie quiet. Misshapen trees hang over the dark water. The sun attempts to peek through the canopy, but struggles. Clancy, voiceover. No man's land. <laughs> God's mistake. God's mistake. The remains of fish floats atop the water. Clancy. That's what my dad called this place. <laughs> A pile of entrails along the shore, buzzing flies. He told me to stay away. A lone bubble rises to the surface of the water. And I did, for the longest time. <laughs> I'm thinking about Peter Serafinovich on space, you know, where uh, Simon Pegg's trying to talk deep. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he coughs halfway through doing it. <laughs> I can't remember the line. So it's, it's that funny. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. I should know that. It's like they're both getting deeper and deeper, and Peter Serafinovich has got a dead deep voice, hasn't he? Someone they're paintballing. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think if that's the episode, yeah. <laughs> it just shoots him in the balls. <laughs> a shorebird stands peacefully on the bank. But I had to see for myself. A dark figure underneath the water drifts silently towards the bird, stalking it. Still Clancy voiceover. And now, well, I can't seem to pull myself away. A violent splash as something explodes in the water. Cut to the woods. Two fishermen, Clancy and Joe, mid-thirties, trudge towards the hidden lake. Joe breathes heavily, sweating profusely, a bit irritated. Joe, damn, how much farther... Clancy, not much. A blood-curdling, high-pitched screech in the distance. (laughs) Joe pauses, alarmed. The sound echoes all around them. Joe, what was that? Clancy, probably a squirrel. (laughs) A squirrel scream. Yeah, little red flags already. Joe gives him a look. Squirrel, my ass. Sounded more like a monkey getting its balls chopped off. Clancy um, calmly continues on. Joe sighs, mumbling to himself, swatting mosquitoes, pushing through the thick brush. Joe, I wanted to go fishing. Didn't sign up for no damn safari. <laughs> External hidden lake later. Clancy and Joe sit on the bank, grasping the fishing poles, staring at the water. It's deathly quiet. <laughs> have you ever been fishing? I have, actually, yeah. Have you? Yeah. How did co- that go? A couple of times. Um, I've never caught a fish. Ever. Nah. There was a time in. Um, I'm only just thinking about this now. There was a time in uh, uni when I was in the in in the flat near Sefton Park in Liverpool, mm. and one of our uh, friends decided he well he apparently he was into fishing. Yeah. And he had a rod, and he goes, "Yeah, come come down, I'll be dead good." So. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. Um, so he goes, I was like, yeah, yeah, went down the park. Um, took the rod down there, sat on the on the bench, big lake in Sefton Park. Yeah. Caught absolutely nothing. Fuck Started to rain, got freezing cold. Got on my bike to cycle home. And as I was cycling out of the park, like three scallies with Ooh, a dog were like no. get him get him let the dog off <laughs> You're messing. So, so like one of them was trying to run after me and grab me but I <laughs> oh, but I, shit. I started pedaling hard 
And then they let the dog off, and the dog's like, pa- <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it never got me, but I managed. Yeah, and that was my um, that was the first and only time I went fishing. Oh my god, that's like the most depressing fishing story. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no fishing's like people see it's dead romantic, don't they? But I, I feel like. People who go fishing, they're solitary animals, aren't they? They go there with, yeah. the, with the cooler box with a couple of sandwiches and a couple of beers. And It's not about the fishing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. not. It's about sitting in a big tent in a nice comfy chair with a thermos. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. It's about men who don't want to spend time with the families. <laughs> you know, I'll probably give fishing another go. Actually, yeah, sounds quite good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, God, that's crazy. That's crazy. I remember um, when there was quite a, an influx of, I think it was, was people from Bulgaria came to Liverpool and the system just wasn't helping them in the slightest. And um, they just weren't able to get help, which is really quite sad when there's yeah. places to help people like that. And I think in parts of the world like that, certain skills are just commonplace. And so these guys went to Sefton Park and just caught, a load, <laughs> caught all the good fish and just cooked them and ate them. <laughs> Because they was they weren't getting any help for support no. or anything else. They were like, right, we're just going to go and fish for our own dinner. Just caught food and ate it. And I was like, I thought it was the best thing ever because all these guys are sitting there every day with all the most expensive equipment. <laughs> and these bunch of dudes just rock up and catch all the fish. It was great. With a stick of dynamite. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Blam! Just a proper work a day, no-nonsense approach to, like, you know, that situation. It's great. But, um, okay, back to Joe. Hey, Clancy, did I tell you? My cousin's become a storm chaser. Ain't that crazy? No reaction from Clancy. Joe. I think he's just doing it to impress girls. I said, what, you think girls like guys who drive stupid asses around into tornadoes? <laughs> he shakes his head. Joe. I heard about this one old boy who got picked up by a twister and I carried his sorry ass 20 miles over to the next county. They found him <laughs> naked in a tree. Lost his ball cap too. No thanks. <laughs> ball cap. He lost yeah. his ball cap. Maybe that should say ball sack. <laughs> That's what I thought. Right, let's go with ball sack. <laughs> lost his ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> Clancy stares ahead, a long silence. Joe sighs, bored. He checks his line. Joe, we came all this way out here for this. Only bites I'm getting are these big ass mosquitoes. Clancy's not into this, is he? I don't think so, you know. It's Joe's doing all the complaining. Clancy's pretty um, a man a few words at the minute, isn't he? Mm. He swats another bug on his arm. As he notices the splotch of blood left behind, we hear an eerie, low-pitched trilling sound. Joe listens, puzzled. Joe, there it is again. What is that? Don't tell me it's no damn squirrel. Clancy, <laughs> Clancy listens with knowing eyes. Joe stares back out at his line. Oh. Joe... I thought you said this was a hot spot. Clancy, like I said, you don't get many bites here, but when you do, it'll be a good one. <laughs> Joe isn't convinced. Setting his pole down, he walks over to the woods to relieve himself. He unzips his pants, a stream of urine. When he notices something beside him, the stream of urine abruptly halts. On a rock, he sees a crude stick man made of twigs and acorns. Oh. However, one of its arms is half missing. Where the arm is cut off, there's a red substance which resembles blood. Joe, what the... <laughs> That's a bit, um, true detective, isn't it? It is a bit true detective. 
That first season was outstanding, wasn't it? Oh, the like the best. Excellent. Disturb these zips up. Dang kids and that heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> Blame the meth. Blame Ronnie D- Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> Reminds me of um. Did you, did you see Detroit Rock City? Yeah, a few years ago. No, I'm just saying no to everything. Have I? I've been living in a cave. Um, oh, no. It's ancient. That film's about twenty years old. Is it really? Oh. It's a bunch of kids. Um, it's the kid who plays John Connor, Edward Fairlong. Oh yeah, a couple of years older, and um, it's a bunch of like kids who want to go and watch Kiss, and the parents are like, "Oh no, it's like you know this Satan music, and you can't go." And the whole, it's like a road movie. The whole um, thing is these like young metalheads trying to get to a kiss gig. It's, it's dead silly, but it's dead funny. Like, how could they be satanic? They're Jewish. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fucking hell. But there's one scene where they get beat up by these like jock disco guys who were like dead muscular and like with the quaffed hair and stuff. Oh yeah. And um, this little grunger, one of the best lines in the film, like as they're getting legged by them and beat up by them, he goes. Disco blows dogs for quarters, man. Stop and make Oh, you saying that, and I'll we'll talk about it after, it has reminded me of what I did this week. I, I was trying to th- remember what I watched this week. Uh, oh, I yeah. watched, um, I, I rewatched Semi Pro, um, that Will Ferrell movie about like 1970s Flint, Michigan, the disco scene. I haven't seen that. Stupid comedy, but it's. Um, it's funny, yeah. Watchable. Yeah. Yeah, kill kill a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Stu, I watched on your recommendation um The Equalizer. What and? Not good. <laughs> you didn't like it? <laughs> oh did. come on. I'm sorry, I didn't like what? it. What? Just dominates those Russians, this little watch beep. I'm so sorry. Um uh, Was it an a- action movie though? It was an action movie, 100% action movie. Right. Absolutely. And I was totally in. I was on board. And then it got to a point about midway through and I was like, oh, God, they're going to have a big showdown in B&Q, aren't they? <laughs> and that's exactly yes, what happened. they did. A showdown did. in B&Q. And I was like, no, I'm not having this. He's got a nail gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, that's fine. I love that movie. That's fine. And there's plenty of really, really bad films or the films that people don't like which I like but I don't know why it just, just didn't get That's old of funny. me didn't That's get old of me be a cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you eating Pringles again son uh, no yeah. no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny it's a really peculiar film as well I was expecting something by the numbers but it's 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 doing something different got to give it its due <laughs> oh I love it and Denzel's really good anyway isn't he Denzel's fantastic and everything isn't he um, I need to watch Training Day again he's so good in Training oh, Day isn't he oh so good Mama. it's terrifying yeah man man um, meanwhile Clancy notices something in the water Clancy Hey, Joe, you getting a bite? Joe's float bobs up and down. Joe returns, grabs his pole, tugs on the line, reels it in, examines it. Mm. Son of a bitch. His lure is bitten completely in half. Clancy nods as if to say, I told you so. Joe glares out at the water. Hell no, that's just rude. <laughs> Spelt N-A-W. Hell no, <laughs> hell no. He shakes his head, mumbling. Ties on a new law. Across the lake, in the shadows, a bubble rises to the surface. An object slowly breaks to the surface. Two dark eyes appear. 
It's a human, a female. What the fuck's this? At the moment she appears, animals cry out as if alarmed. <laughs> However, the sounds aren't quite right. They sound warped backwards. <laughs> I'll have to find that feature. <laughs> what's that film? Oh, God, what's it called? It was on Netflix recently. Natalie Portman was in it. It's a group of, like, female, um, like, army people go into this, like, mad void, this, like, break in reality. Oh. And they walk, they pass through it, and then everything's, like, twisted as you get to the other side. Have you seen that? I feel like I watched at least half of it. Oh, God, what is it? Half of it. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Annihilation. Annihilation. There's a scene where, if you haven't, if you haven't watched it all, I might be spoiling the most terrifying bit of it now, actually, man. Um, but there's a scene where one of them has an incident with an animal, and it's fucking horrible, like... Really? It's dead upsetting. Oh. I won't mention it. If you haven't seen it, I won't mention it. Like, I don't think... I'm looking at it. I don't think so. It reminds me of this. I, I genuinely won't spoil it. Cause it's, right. it's, it's. I thought the film was okay. Um, her red eyes search and then locate the fisherman. She glares in their direction. Finally, her entire head emerges. We see her mouth. She spits out the remains of the law. She sniffs the air, detecting a scent... Looking back towards the fisherman, she bears her sharp fangs. Meanwhile, Joe surveys the sky. My butt cheeks are sweating. That means it's going to rain. Standing, he wanders down the bank to find a new spot. I think I'll try over there. He's totally nonplussed by this situation. No. Before casting his line, he notices a log beside him. On the log is a mound of gnarly teeth. Various sizes and shapes, Teeth. perhaps from animals. Joe, okay, maybe not. Nope. Just nope. Right back around and walks back. Nope. <laughs> he quickly returns to his spot, mumbling as he goes. Uh, Shit, I didn't need to see that pile of fucking teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's Clancy. This place gives me the willies. Clancy glances around. A peaceful expression. He seems to relish his surroundings. Mm. Maybe Clancy knows something we don't. POV from across the lake. Clancy and Joe are being watched. They appear in a strange reddish hue. We hear an eerie, low-pitched, trilling sound. Joe opens a beer, takes a swig, takes out a bag of chips and a huge squash. (laughs) Clancy gives him an odd look. Squash! Joe, yeah, trying to eat healthier. <laughs> squash isn't healthy, it's full of fucking sugar. It is, yeah. Joe takes his pocket knife and slices the squash. Meanwhile, Clancy unwraps his sandwich. As Joe snacks on his chips and squash, a large shadow moves across him. He turns and looks up, but sees nothing. Ooh. He glances over at Clancy, who eats his sandwich, doesn't notice anything. In the background, the shadowy figure peeps upside down from a tree limb and observes them both. Is it Predator again or Bigfoot? Well, the red, yeah, the red hue. <laughs> it's Predator Bigfoot. Bigfoot Predator. Uh, uh. External hidden lake later. Joe gulps more beer, holds his pole, stares at the water and badly attempts to sing a Kid Rock song. <laughs> <laughs> kid Rock? Who sings a Kid Rock song? Said the boogie to jump up the boogie. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like I need to Google Kid Rock 2020. 
Ooh, oh my god, yeah, fucking hell. What do you think? I reckon he's probably looking as every bit as healthy as David Segal is in 2020. Oh! <laughs> Axel Rose called. He oh, wants shit. His, he wants his everything back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're messing. Uh, it's not that bad. No. Oh, I don't know what he looks like. So like Kim Jong Un's glasses on. <laughs> Sir Galifianakis's mustache. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, he looks. Oh, there's a picture oh. of picture of him next to Donald Trump. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> so the presidential podium, looking pretty uh, pleased with himself. Big surprise. He's definitely got bloody. Oh, he's, he's on a golf course with Donald Trump. He's definitely got Confederate flags all over his house. That prick, hasn't he? Yep. All over the place. Clancy looks over and notices that Joe's line is tangled in a tree overhead. Clancy, Joe, your line? It's not in the water. Joe studies his pole, looks behind him, sees his line tangled on a limb above. Joe, oh, yeah. <laughs> he attempts to untangle it, continues singing. <laughs> Clancy eyes him stoically. Maybe Clancy prefers Rob Zombie or something. <laughs> yeah, not a Kid Rock fan. Then he scans the lake, almost as if anticipating something. A bit further down the lake, all's calm. Near the shore, the water rocks gently. A leaf falls lazily from a tree. A millipede meanders across the forest floor. A wilted wildflower. On one of its leaves, plops a drop of fresh blood. A chomping sound. Above the flower, a bird nests on a limb. I just imagine like the breathing sound from the previous uh, screenplay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Female creature is hunched over the nest. She hears Joe singing in the distance. Cowboy. <laughs> Cowboy. She turns her head, blood and feathers on her mouth. She listens, frowning. Doesn't like Kid Rock. From up to nowhere, wing beats and a squawk, and a larger bird swoops down at her. But in one swift motion, she grabs it and yanks its head off. Oh. Blood splatters. She slurps the blood. Oh, she's feeding. She's feeding. Joe takes another swig of beer, then crushes the empty can and hails it into the woods. Clancy frowns. You shouldn't do that. Joe burps, ignoring him. Then, the sound of the can being crunched, like twisted metal. Startled, Joe turns and looks into the woods but sees nothing. When Joe turns back towards the water, he sees a reflection. A hovering silhouette, human-like, long hair, arms extended, glowing eyes. A low-pitched trilling. His arms reach for Joe, who squeals like a little girl. <laughs> he turns but sees nothing. A sudden breeze washes over him. The crushed beer can falls on his lap. He gawks at Clancy, who's oblivious to it all. What? These guys are not on the same page at all, are they? No. Then across the lake, a huge splash. Clancy and Joe both look, unable to make out what it was. Joe shakes his head, discombobulated. I know I've had a few beers, but... <laughs> Took on Joe's line, then another. It jerks him, something heavy. Okay, shit's getting real. <laughs> Clancy squints towards the water. Joe excitedly reels with all his might, waves and splashing at the surface. Woo, dog! It's a monster! <laughs> Uh, Joe steps to the water's edge, struggling to reel it in. Lord, mercy, I think I pulled a groin. 
Then, suddenly the line goes slack. Nothing. Silence. Joe gazes out at his line, dismayed. Slowly reeling it in, he reaches over to the water to pull up the law. Clancy watches anxiously, swallowing hard. Joe examines the decimated law. I'm totally in on this, you know. I can just... Yeah. It's, it's really immersive, isn't it? I'm in there. Yeah. 100%, like. It's well written, isn't it? And I like the, um, the, the like, comic relief from, from Joe and the, the two different characters. You know, you're right. It's not just sort of relentless building and building and building. It relieves itself at uh, intervals. It keeps you going. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Get somewhere to where you're going with mystery, but then, like, exactly what you're saying. That, that's the thing with a lot of mystery and suspense. It can be a little bit boring while you're waiting for something to happen if you're not into it. But if you've yeah. got some enjoyment sort of like pepper in the way, then it helps, doesn't it? It does. Good job. An explosion from the water. The female figure leaps out and grabs Joe, pinning him to the ground. Hi, I'm Joe. What's your? <laughs> she snarls as her fangs dig into Joe's neck. Joe screams. But I just wanted to go fishing. <laughs> Glancy watches. Strangely, uh, he doesn't appear panicked. As she bites, blood sprays everywhere onto the rocks, onto Joe's tackle box, onto his squash. <laughs> oh, it tickles. No, wait, it hurts. Oh. <laughs> it reads like the Simpsons. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh, it tickles. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> when you say a fit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that in that Simpsons where it goes... Um, they're in court, and he's they've taken the captain to um, they've taken the captain to court mm. about um, the all you can eat buffet. Oh yeah, and the, lawyer, yeah. The, law, the lawyer's going. Uh, and when you left the all you could eat fish buffet, where did you go? Marge goes. We went fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound like a man who'd had all he could eat? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that brief period where The Simpsons was the best thing on TV oh, for like, I don't know, like five or six years or whatever it was. The writing was like top shelf. It was the best. It was. I feel like the more it goes now, it's kind of tainting the legacy a little bit, isn't it? Because everyone's a little bit tired of it. But um, for a while yeah. there, it was, it was so good. At least I won't have to go to work tomorrow. Fucking job. <laughs> Always looking for the, uh, for the positives. Oh yeah, absolutely. Finally, he becomes motionless. Clancy watches in awe. On the shoreline, the female now sucks blood from Joe's lifeless body. For the first time, we see her completely. She's a mermaid. Her tail flaps excitedly, splashing the water. Clancy observes, mesmerised. I never much liked Joe anyway. He is sucking sounds. I know, yeah, fucking hell, your mate just died. Clancy, voiceover. The first few times, I was nauseated by it. I mean, sure, I've seen Twilight and all those vampire movies, but it doesn't prepare for what it's really like. He notices her body writhing in excitement. Clancy. But now it's, well, how do I say? Sort of a turn on. <laughs> what? He adjusts his crotch area. <laughs> oh, wait there. I'm not going to do what I think he's going to do. Shuffling around a bit. Clancy. What's the other other mermaid with the fish head and the <laughs> female legs? <laughs> That's become like a, a legitimate question, even though it's not legitimate. People say, "What would you rather have?" Like That's from That's from Futurama. Oh, is it? Yeah, I feel like I've heard that. Like a lot of people repeating that one. Yeah. Would you rather be in a relationship with a mermaid that's a beautiful woman up top and a fish body, or just a <laughs> fish head with legs? 
Like, this is, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Clancy voiceover. But she's part fish. I'm not even sure how that would work. Scales and shit. Scales and shit. <laughs> she suddenly pauses. Clancy snaps out of his daydream. She raises up and turns toward Clancy. Blood drips from her lips. They make eye contact. A connection. Her expression softens. She seems almost thankful. She turns and resumes feeding. Clancy takes a deep breath, contemplating. Finally, she backs away from Joe's body. She lifts her head towards the sky, closing her eyes, and emits a blood-curdling, high-pitched screech. Clancy listens. Yeah, I think the shape of water made a good job of making the someone falling in love with a fish person. The, the woman okay. falling in love with a fish, even though it's that weird. It, a woman that falls in love with a fish man as opposed to a man falling in love with a fish woman. Because I just think it just seems considerably less pervy and weird, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, can, you can, can't give blokes or some men much credit for thinking, oh, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably have sex with that. Like, you know? <laughs> Clancy voiceover. I didn't think I'd get used to that sound, but now it's almost comforting. (laughs) (laughs) Just someone with a hand in a mayonnaise jar. (laughs) She lowers her head, opens her eyes, satisfied. She gracefully returns to the water. Now submerged except for her head. She turns towards Clancy. <laughs> she wipes blood from her mouth, almost as if ashamed of it. Clancy studies her. After a moment, he nods at her. He glances at Joe's lifeless body. I wonder if Joe will become a vampire now. Hopefully not a mermaid. That would be all messed up. Maybe he'll become a zombie. That would be kind of cool. Reconsiders. But then I'd have to decapitate him with a shovel. Kill him all over again. Poor fella. Poor fella. Poor fella. <laughs> he looks back at the female, but she's disappeared, leaving only a ripple. Gradually, the water calms. It's all quiet. Aww. Clancy gauges upward towards the forest canopy, external hidden late day. Misshapen trees hang over the water. The sun attempts to peek through the canopy, but struggles. Little call back there. It's like the beginning. I like that. Mm. Clancy voiceover. When I first discovered Tamakwa, that's what I named her. She was sick. I guess she depleted most of the food here. It seems she can't leave here, or else she doesn't want to. Animal bones litter the woods. Clancy. There's she... a fucking fish in the middle of the woods. Of course she can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just eating everything in sight, like. <laughs> and making little decorations out of the teeth. Yeah, teeth piles and twigs. <laughs> she needed fresh blood. I brought it whatever I could find. Flashback, Clancy leaves cages on a rock. The cages contain rats, birds, hamsters. The case animals await their doom. <laughs> Just people's pets. An eerie low-pitched trill. Animals recoil from a splash in the water. Sure, I'll take him for a walk. <laughs> come on, little guy. <laughs> come on, come on. It's okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Clancy voiceover, but it wasn't enough. Her thirst grew. She needed more. Back to scene. A fly crawls on Joe's lifeless body. Joe's arm is now partially off, just like the stick man. Stick man. It's a prophecy. Clancy voiceover, maybe me dad was right. Maybe I should never have come here. 
external hidden lake day, Clancy sits on a rock reading the book of poetry aloud. Didn't see that coming. No. Clancy voiceover, but now I feel connected. To Makwa, her head protruding from the water, listens intently as Clancy reads. She tilts her head, fascinated. Clancy, my dad told me to appreciate nature, to respect it, and she's, well, part of it, somehow. <laughs> she trusts me. She didn't ask to become whatever she is. They make eye contact. She contemplates his words. <laughs> Where did she come from? Tamaqua notices a splendid spider web. She gazes at the spider, watching it work, fascinated. She nods, almost as if communicating with it. Then she lifts her head to the sky, smiling. She can't be down in touch with nature. She's eating everything in the vicinity. She just eats them, yeah. She's wiped out every living thing. And hamsters and cats and that. Uh, she's a fish woman lake navvy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, navvy. Um, is she of God? Satan? Or is it nature gone awry? Is this Mother Nature's revenge? Mm. Get all poetic, Clancy. Growing restless, she turns and dives back into the water. Clancy closes his book, sets it aside, watching her go. And what now? Her tail slices the water, disappearing into the lake. External house, backyard day. A little girl plays in a kiddie pool. We see her only from behind. She's laughing, splashing, grasping a doll. He's not going to feed a kid to it, is he? Fucking hell. Oh, no. Clancy, voiceover. Where does it all end? A pensive Clancy sits in a lawn chair, observing the grill. Observing the gale. Sorry, I just had Tony Soprano and me had looking at his barbecue. <laughs> the grill, yeah. Grill. Staring at those ducks in the pond. Yeah. In the pool. <laughs> just crying, looking at ducks. Having a panic attack, yeah. <laughs> as, she sl- <laughs> as she slowly turns her head towards us, we see the girl. We see beside the pool a flustered rat in a cage. The little girl's mermaid tail splashes excitedly. A little girl's a mermaid. Whoa. Oh, whoa, he fucked the fish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's respecting nature. <laughs> that is respecting nature, oh my God. Fade out as blood-curdling, high-pitched screech pierces the air. The end. Wow. Go. You go. I, pr- I promised you a horror comedy. Yeah. Did I not that's deliver? E- that's exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Are you not amused? <laughs> Are you not amused? <laughs> oh, man, that was uh, fun. That was really good. You're right. and It was well written, wasn't it? I, I yeah. just sort of maybe took it for granted when I read over it. But yeah, didn't get boring. Um, built the tension. Oh, good gotcha. little callbacks and things and the uh, uh, good comedic. Yeah, it was, it was. I liked it. No, it was good. I, I liked that, um, you know, like bookending something with like the same scene, but like not in a hacky way. And not in like right. a, re- a repetitive way, because um, it's leading towards the the end and like the finale and that, isn't it? Like, so I think that that's a nice little trope. That I might have to nick that one. Good uh, writing, Jason K. Allen. Good job. Good job. Oh. And, um, good job. Good job. Another voodoo doll, it's arm covered in blood And now a strange collection of teeth erased on a log So make the best of this test and don't ask why 
You watch the monster take your friend and drain his life It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right Bro, you fucked a fish, now she's your wife Did you enjoy voice-assisted homicide? I did, yeah. It's, uh, it's almost Black Mirror-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually, yeah. It is. <laughs> I did. Good. I liked it. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, man. It was good. It was good. Um, so, uh, your, your brother Andrew is going to come on uh, next week or the week after. Yes. We're trying to... We're trying to tie that down at the moment. We've got something good for him to read. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, just getting it all um, sorted, sorting out schedule and stuff like that. Right. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to that. It'd be good. We'll see if we can do a um, uh, a third person. It's all over the internet, obviously, this is. But we'll... Uh, technology, I'm sure we'll make it work. Oh, yeah. Too right. And Andrew, of course, used to play in a band with me and Stu. You might even yes. hark back to the glory days briefly. <sighs> see what happens. See how it goes. Uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, I wasn't a singer. <laughs> no, you weren't a singer. Nah, what are you doing? <laughs> You're the fucking drummer. <laughs> You're the fucking drummer. Yes, I was. Good days, crazy oh, days. Um, uh, so I wanted to say uh, hello and thank you for listening to our uh, our listeners in Morocco. Which um, oh, yeah. unusually uh, we have a, we have a little map on our uh, podcast um, dashboard, and it shows where most of you all from are listening. And uh, aside from the US, Canada, and the UK, there's a few countries I uh, I didn't expect. Morocco being one of them. Indeed. So, hello, Morocco. Thanks very much for listening, and I hope um, I hope we're entertaining. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, if you give us a little message on Twitter or an email and say hello. If you like how many of you are out in Morocco, whether you're from Morocco, whether you're from the UK, it'd be nice to, um, to know, be nice to know a bit more about you. That'd be fun. It's probably someone in London just using a VPN. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, shit, sorry, it was me when I listened back. So. Oh, yeah, Maria. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> the Casablanca server. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Indeed. Ooh, it's beeping again. It's beeping, that means it's dinner time. It does mean it's dinner time. <laughs> On that note, that's the On alarm that to say go and eat your tea. And... Go and eat your tea. All right, have a yeah. good week. Um, we didn't we didn't hear about um, Tom Hardy this week, um, and we you know we're all dying to hear what uh, what he thought of your Bane impression. We'll pick it up again <laughs> next week. We will um, with another couple of good scripts. No problem. Take care. See you. See you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.